welcome to the Crystal Clear Essentials Podcast. I am your host, Megan Como. We're talking about faith, health, and business. Everything so you can thrive better in life and get back to being the best you possible. Let's dive into today's episode. What's going on, ladies and gents? It's Megan. Happy 2021. It has been a couple weeks since I recorded and released a podcast. The holidays have come and went, and it is now officially a new calendar year. Um, So I wanted to start off the new year by just reflecting on knowing your calling. And when I talk about your calling, this is specifically... um, As a Christian, we know that we have two callings in life, or at least we should know. One is a spiritual one, which is our spiritual calling to salvation through Jesus. And the second is our vocational calling. So what are you called to do? What has God placed you on this earth for such a time as this? What gifts, what passions has he organically sown into you to share with the world? So um, your two callings are separate, but they are inseparable, if that makes sense. The first informs the way that we'll live out our lives. Um, I'm sorry. The first informs the way you'll live out your, your second calling. So basically, once you come to accept Jesus as Lord and you have faith in who he was, he died on the cross and rose three days later, there is a shift that happens in heaven and this new connection that happens with you and the Holy Spirit. And if you're anything like me or if you've heard my testimony, um, I believe that's episode three um, titled Carrying On With Confidence. Um, Once you accept Jesus into your life, everything begins to change. Literally, your whole life begins to shift. Sometimes it can look like really scary and maybe things start to fall away from your life that you felt that were really important, but God sees from such a more higher vantage point than we do. And once you accept him into your life, you just need to trust him because he knows so much more than we could even think of or imagine. Um, so... When you realize what Christ has done, it produces a compulsion to live a life for him. And we talk about one's calling, and I say quote unquote calling, it's, um, I'm speaking about the vocational kind that answers this question. I've decided to follow God, but how does he want me to use my gifts and passions? So for me, I'm a healer. God has Um, created a gift in me to help other people heal from emotional trauma, spiritual um, chains, um, physical pain, stuff like that. And as most of you do know, if you're, if you've been following me for a long time, you follow me on social media, or maybe you're just listening in for the very first time, I'm a massage therapist. I've also been a personal trainer. So I'm a wellness coach. Um, And I also just mental therapy, um, 
So if you think of like a therapist, that's just kind of innately just sewn into me. I just talk to people and people look at me and go, wait, what do you do again for work? Because I love digging deep into people's lives and helping them find what the root issue is for the root cause for an issue or a goal or a trauma or whatever it may be. So that is my my calling. And of course, yours is different. Yours is not the same as mine. Um, so asking the right questions is crucial for discerning your calling. Um, oftentimes we can fail to ask the correct questions and wonder why our answers are so dissatisfying. Seeking God's will for your life begins by asking yourself, what keeps me awake when I should be falling asleep at night? And also what wakes me up when I should still be sleeping in the morning? Um, so I have a couple questions here that if you're sitting down and you have a pen and paper, you can write these answers down as I go through these questions um, or just something to start pondering over because I, I happen to f- fall upon these questions. And even I was like, I really need to sit down and just make sure that I am on the right track. I am doing what God has called me to do. I am on in my own lane, basically. I don't know if you've ever heard the term like stay in your lane. Um, (laughs) When God gives you a calling, you know, we're just called to stay in our lane. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right or don't get distracted by other things that are going on around you because that can, that can pull you away from your true calling. Um, So let's, let's see what these answers will expose. Um, some of the answers is kind of like what makes you mad, what makes you cry, what lingers in your mind when the world goes dark. Um, so we can all agree that this past year has thrown a big monkey wrench into our quote unquote normal. Um, but God is not surprised by anything that is going on in the world. And we can see now more than ever that 2020 was not a year of perfect vision, but a year of uncovering the blind spots in our lives, in our world, in our government, in our society, in so many, so many different things. Um, And it's still not over. We are still very much in the thick of it. Um, So what has been lingering through your mind through this dark time? Where have your thoughts been going? Are you angry about the way the world is? Are you at peace with it because you're not looking at the world and looking at the, the all the noise and you're looking up onto the horizon to Jesus because that is really where our peace lies. Um, and well, I also answer some things um, uncover ones that what you value, um, what you're committed to, and what excites you. So here are um, several others that I think that are helpful for deciphering God's invitation to you. So if you're ready, we'll go through these um, slow enough that you can ponder. And if you're jotting some answers down, it will at least give you some time to at least jot a few words down. So question one, what are your passions and gifts? Now, as I ask these questions, 
go with your first initial instinct. Don't try to think too long because when we think too long, like the mind can get really confused. It can sway a lot of different ways. What is the first like one to three words that comes into your mind if you can jot that down really simply? So what are your passions and gifts? And maybe if you're driving and you're listening to the sound of my voice, you can just start to ponder things that are passing through your mind. Like what is the first initial thing that comes to the forefront of your mind? Um, at the intersection of these two elements, so your passions and gifts, you'll find your purpose in life. So I'm going to read that again. At the intersection of these two elements, passions and gifts, you will find your purpose in life. Question number one, that's pretty profound right there. Um, So if I was to answer this question, what are my passions and gifts? My passions are helping, my passion is helping people and seeing people released into freedom from pain, from mental blockages, from emotional traumas, um, from spiritual chains um, and gifts. I'm a healer. God has given me healing hands. Um, a caring heart, a listening ear for other people, and also um, a, a passion to want to create a space. And if any of you have ever been to my massage studio, my wellness studio, you will understand this full well, but a physical place where you can come and feel like you are resting. So I don't want to give too much away, but in the future, um, my partner Kyle and I have been blessed with a a large amount of land. And in the future, God has given us this vision to create a homestead, a farm, um, and also a place to hold retreats. So it's just, it's just been given to us. And if you can kind of think of things that are just organically have been given to you or placed in your heart, don't ignore them because that is from God. So question one was, what are your passions and gifts? Question two, what would you work on or want to do for free? What is usually a good sign of what God has designed you to do? So I'll ask that again. What would you work on or want to do for free? So if someone give gave you a project, like, and it excites you. What is something that excites you that you couldn't even care less about money? Because money is just an object for trade. It really has no actual value, you guys. So what is usually a good sign of what God has designed you to do? So this this is um, whatever you would want to do for free is usually a good sign of what God has designed you to do. So for me is my home and my farm. Farming does not bring in a whole lot of money. It can if you do it right, but I could honestly care less about money. But in the world that we live in, money is important to pay bills and all this other kind of stuff. I don't have to go too far into that. So one more time, what would you work on or want to do for free? Again, what initially comes into your mind, first thought, don't think too hard on that. Question three, what energized you when you were a child? 
And does it still animate you? So when we think of of the Bible, God talks about having childlike faith, that we should have childlike faith and come to him as his child because we are his children. We were created in his image. We were created by him. He's given us these specific gifts. And when we're children, we are unhindered by most cares (laughs) as until we come into adulthood. And the world starts to try to tell us the way that we should think, the way that we should feel, the way that we should act. But when we're children, if you watch a child, they are just so free in who they are and in their personality. So what energized you when you were a child? And I'm going to give you like a few seconds to really think on that for a second, because if we're adults, depending on what age you are, if you're in your 20s, if you're in your 30s, or maybe you're in your 50s and 60s and 70s. Your childhood was a long time away. So sometimes we can forget. Sometimes even in our minds, we can remember only either the bad things, which is a lie from the enemy. So I hope that if you're listening to this right now and all you can remember from your childhood is negativity, I want to pray for you right now that that's released off of you in Jesus' name, that you start to remember the good and focus only on the good. So whether it was you went to camp, what was it about that camp that really energized you? Was it being with people? Was it the arts and crafts? Was it helping other people? Was it being mentored? Maybe you were a mentor to other people. Maybe if you're um, one of my brothers in Christ, because I have a lot of women that listen to this podcast, but I have quite a few men that also listen too, maybe it was building. Maybe you loved building things, or maybe you loved taking things apart to see how they actually worked. Like I know um, a family member of mine loved to deconstruct electronical things to see all the inner guts and workings of a radio or a computer because you wanted to see how it worked. So I'll ask this again. What energized you as a child? And does it still animate you to this day? So if you think about it, do you feel like your heart almost like skip a beat? Like you get really excited about it? Like this light has just kind of like sparked in you again. Like, ooh, I would love to do that again. Knowing your calling is often directly connected to childhood passions and gifts. Knowing your calling is often directly connected to childhood passions and gifts. Number four, if you could do anything and take a pay cut, what would that be? If you could do anything and take a pay cut, what would that be? You may have to blow up your financial goals in your mind and completely just put them on the shelf um, in order to pursue your true calling. And that to a lot of people is scary. Like, wait, I'm sorry, you want me to take a pay cut? Like I have all these bills to pay. Maybe though with your calling, God is calling you to live in a season, not for the rest of your life, but in a season of living with less or living with the essentials crystal clear essentials. What are things that you could 
maybe cut back on. Maybe you go out and get coffee every single morning right before you go to work. Maybe you go out to eat a lot. So it's, you know, making your coffee at home, getting a really nice thermos and bringing it with you to work instead of stopping and spending $3. Or if you go to Starbucks, you have a really expensive coffee habit like I used to, $5 a coffee. Um, You know, every single morning, that adds up. And that adds up so fast. Um, And once you start to do that math, you're like, whoa, I'm just pouring money out that I'm never going to get back. And it's, you know, where could you be, I guess, making better decisions on where you're spending your money? So it's not you working for your money. It's having this mindset of um, making your money work for you. And that when you have that mental shift in your brain about finances, all of a sudden this new freedom in your finances start to come and just be a part of your everyday life. So if you like to go out to eat a lot, start to cook at home. You don't think you're a good cook? Take classes. like Or YouTube. YouTube is a great, great tool to use for just about anything. Or if you're a Pinterest nut like myself, <laughs> I find all of my best recipes sometimes on Pinterest and I have so much fun cooking and creating new dishes for um, Kyle and I to eat or some of my friends that come over to visit. So if you could do anything and take a pay cut, what would that be? So if you had to kind of take your financial goals and put them on the shelf, like I want to make we'll just say XYZ amount of dollars annually this year. Um, If you, you know, especially maybe if you're in sales, you know, you work off commissions or if you're a business owner like myself, you have a a quota that you'd like to see hit for the year. But sometimes when we are going out for our calling, God takes us and shakes us up a little bit and says, you have to depend on me for your finances. And it might not look like what you want it to for a while, but I promise you, I personally promise you, me, Megan, that if you pursue your passions, whether it could financially be a blessing to you later later on down the road, the people and the lives that you will touch are completely priceless. And you will do that for whatever amount of money that you receive or don't receive. So question five, what barriers are preventing you from pursuing your true calling? Again, one to three words, guys, be really quick about it. What are barriers preventing you from pursuing your true calling? And can you begin to removing these barriers? Maybe it's a person. Maybe it's a few people. Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's, I don't know. It's your current work situation. Whatever it is, jot it down so it's out there. You can come back to that and figuring out if you can start to removing these boundaries that or barriers that either other people have put on yourself or you have put on yourself. If you aren't engaging, so question number six, if you aren't engaging your gifts 
and talents where you find yourself now, could you make changes in your current role to better engage those? If you aren't engaging your gifts and talents where you find yourself right now in real time, could you make changes in your current role to better engage those? Don't rule out the possibility that where you are is where you need to be. So where you are right now is okay, especially if you want to see a change. You're right where you're supposed to be. God knows right where you are. He has placed you in this time for such a time as this. There's no mistake. You are here either by his divine hand or your choices. So don't get mad. Don't get upset. Don't be afraid. Don't freak out. Even if you're okay with where you are, I applaud you. And even if you're not okay with where you are, but you're at peace with where you are and you can see a light going, I'm going to change. I'm going to start to change and shift my life to live for God and work for him and share my gifts with the world because that's what we're really placed here for. I also want to applaud you. So there's um, some scripture verses that I would like to share with you. And I hope that those questions really helped you guys. Um, Feel free to rewind the podcast and kind of go through them again and dive in deeper. And even if you just jot jot down like a few answers um, or a few words for each question, take time to sit and pray with the Holy Spirit to uncover and unroot some deeper information and answers uh, for yourself. God will reveal all things to you if you only ask. So let's dive into a couple of scriptures. So the first one I have is Philippians Philippians 2, 12 through 18. Now I'm living, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. And If you're familiar with the book of Philippians, this is Paul writing to the church of Philippi. It says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. Now, when, when, you hear the word fear being read and saying said in the Bible, the fear for God really means an awe and a reverence for God. Like you are so amazing, Lord. You are so you respect him. You want to honor him. You want to live a life worth glorifying to him. Verse 13. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in the world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the, to the word of life. Then, on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not even, did I, that I, sorry, I will be proud 
that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. So basically Paul is saying, I will not, I will be proud that I did not run a race in vain, saying that he did not run a race and live a life just for his selfishness, that he made his life into a pleasing um, gift and a sacrifice unto the Lord. Verse 17, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your joy. So Paul is encouraging his friends to live a life worth pleasing to the Lord. And I have even noticed a shift that when I was a personal trainer, I, you know, I was a fitness model. I was in bodybuilding competitions. I was living, I was living a life based on what I wanted it to look like, based on my own insecurities, my own selfish driven goals and um, affirmations. um, And it never filled me. I was so empty. And for all of the social media followers that I had over years ago, um, it was never enough. So if that almost hits a nerve too, you need to pay attention to that. Are you always seeking attention from the world? Um, And if you are, brother, sister, I will tell you right now, that cup has a huge gaping hole in the bottom of it and it will never, ever, ever be filled. But if you live your life for God with love, humbly, and respectfully in awe of him, your life will begin, your cup will begin to overflow. And then from your overflow, you can then return and give out more to others. We live our life from our overflow. Don't pour out from your own personal cup. Give from your overflow. So we're going back into the Old Testament really quick. Exodus 35, verses 30 through 35. Then Moses told the people of Israel, The Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel with the Spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master at every craft. And the Lord has given both him and Aholab, 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 son of Aisamach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. So a a skill of teaching, being a good instructor, being a teacher. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, 
designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and as designers. So when we live out our gifts, and especially when we're using them to help others. So these men were given the gift of teaching. They were, not everybody's a good teacher. Um, they were actually helping other people make a life because they were teaching them skills. And they were skilled at many different crafts. Romans 8, 18, this is a long one, 18 through 30. <clears throat> I'm going to take a sip of my coffee, which I should probably be having water, but give me a second because my voice, I'm losing my voice. Okay. It says, yet we suffer now. Oh, sorry. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal, reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation has subjected to God's curse, was subjected to God's curse. But with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory, for we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including new bodies as he has promised. We are given this hope when we were saved. If, if we already have something, we don't need to hope and wait for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. So let me just pause right there. If you are familiar with the gifts of the Spirit, speaking in tongues, laying on of hands, interpretation of tongues. When I speak, when I talk about speaking in tongues, this is you're allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through you. It's in another language. It's either in another earthly language that you don't even know how to speak, but it's such a supernatural trans, um, transition from you praying in your conscious mind to allowing your unconscious mind in the spirit, the Holy Spirit within you to pray through you in a completely different language. Um, it's like I said, it's either another earthly language or it's a completely heavenly language. And if you know of anybody, if you're in a group setting and you do speak in tongues, um, pray that somebody in the group can interpret for you. Um, it's honestly, it's 
I, I don't personally come across interpreters for very often, but God has also given me that gift of speaking in tongues and also interpreting. Um, it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's pretty profound. Um, and some people that claim to be, um, tongue interpreters, um, just be, just use discernment, always use discernment, um, because it can either be correct or it can be not correct. Um, so I'll just, I'll just leave that there. Um, so, but the Holy Spirit prays with us, um, for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words and the father, verse 27, and the father who knows all hearts knows what the spirit is saying for the spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. Verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So let me read that one more time because that's really important for what we're talking about today. And we know that God causes everything to work together. Other translations also say, and we know everything works together for the good of those, for the good, you guys, for good, not for bad, of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So if you are living your life for the Lord, know that your return is good. So be patient because this is a promise and God never goes back on his promises. Verse 29, for God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. Right before I finish this last sentence, what that means he chose us and he has called us to himself like a good father. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. So if we go to the Lord, if we go before the throne room, to his feet, at the cross, however you, wherever you go to pray in your mind and in your spirit, God hears you. You could be driving down the road. You could be sitting in your prayer closet. You could be sitting at your desk at work. You could be cooking in the kitchen. You could be at church. You could be out gardening. You could be out doing whatever it is. You could be vacuuming. If you go to him and with complete just truth in love for who he is, asking for a direction, for something to change, for healing, for whatever it is, he has given you right standing with him. He hears you. He knows you. He loves you. And having, last sentence, and having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. So that just right there just affirms what I just said. Um, and that's all the verses that I have for today, you guys. Um, this podcast was actually, this episode is based off of... Um, a three-day devotional um, in the Bible app. So the U version, Holy Bible app, um, you can find it on, I believe, Apple. 
and Android, any other platform too. Um, it's called the Catalyst Leader. So check that out if you're interested. It's a three-day devotional. Um, this is day one. It's really good. I'm going to um, actually do all three days on here as a podcast. Um, so I hope that this unlocked something for you today. I hope this got you thinking on if are you using your gifts? Do you have gifts that you want to use? And if so, how do you start to use them? What are your barriers? What's holding you back? Is it people, places, and things? Is it yourself? Is it your own mental blockages saying, I can't do that? Because I want to tell you right now, fear is a liar. And if you're anything like me and a music nut, if you listen to music, Zach Williams' song, Fear is a Liar, you have to go out and listen to it. It's so inspiring and it's so true. Guys, I hope you tune in next time to the Crystal Clear Essentials podcast. This is Megan, and I'm going to be signing off for today. Happy New Year, and be sure to check in again soon. I will be having a guest on with me, my very good friend, Stephanie Morin, who is a um, worship leader. She has a beautiful voice. She also plays guitar. She's going to be joining us in singing and sharing some stuff with us um, on the next podcast. So look out for that and have a blessed rest of your day. Bye guys. Hey guys, if you enjoyed this episode and you want to hear more and don't want to miss a new episode when it's posted, click that subscribe button. If you know somebody that needs to hear a good message, share this episode, share the podcast. If you want to follow me more closely, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is at hello.crystalclear. That's at hello.crystalclear.